The Lord be with you and also with you. Alleluia, for the Lord God omnipotent reigneth, King of kings and Lord of lords. Dearly beloved, we welcome you this Lord's Day, this Christ the King Sunday, to the service of ordered worship. The liturgy, music, and homily are offered for our gathered congregation here within Marsh Chapel for our radio congregation across New England at WBUR 90.9 FM and for our internet listenership now and later at WBUR.org. We welcome your prayerful and material support, your written or emailed responses, your self-selection of forms of leadership and service in our midst, and as the Spirit moves, your presence with us. Come Sunday, we gather to worship Almighty God to illumine the imagination by the beauty of God, to quicken the conscience by the holiness of God, to warm the heart by the love of God, to devote the will to the purposes of God. This is the day the Lord has made. We shall rejoice and be glad in it. As we are able, may we stand in the praise of God.
may we pray. Almighty and everlasting God, whose will it is to restore all things in your well-beloved Son, the King of kings and Lord of lords, mercifully grant that the peoples of the earth, divided and enslaved by sin, may be freed and brought together under his most gracious rule, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Please be seated. We have come to this moment in our service as we begin each Lord's Day in worship with a moment of confession and of contrition and of lament and individual prayer, recognizing our frailty and our mortality. We have a wonderful guide in St. Augustine, Augustine of Hippo, whose confessions are there and for us as a guide to confession. He wrote, among many other things, prayers, all prayers, include the desire to reach you, almighty God. Prayers, all prayers, include the desire to reach you, almighty God. As we bow in confession and prayer, we await the choir as it guides us in the singing of our traditional Kyrie. Lord, have mercy. Christ, have mercy. Lord, have mercy upon us. God, but for thy grace we would not be, but for thy grace we could not love, and but for thy grace we should not speak, but by thy grace we live and love and speak. Hear good news. If we confess our sins, God, who is faithful and just, will forgive our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Thanks be to God. A lesson from the prophet Ezekiel chapter 34, verses 11 through 16, and 20 through 24. For thus says the Lord God, I myself will search for my sheep and will seek them out. As shepherds seek out their flocks when they are among their scattered sheep, so I will seek out my sheep. I will rescue them from all the places to which they have been scattered on a day of clouds and thick darkness. I will bring them out from the people's and gather them from the countries, and will bring them into their own land. And I will feed them on the mountains of Israel, 
by the watercourses and in all the inhabited parts of the land. I will feed them with good pasture, and the mountain, and the mountain heights of Israel shall be their pasture. There they shall lie down in good grazing land, and they shall feed on rich pasture on the mountains of Israel. I myself will be their shepherd of, their, of my sheep, and I will make them lie down, says the Lord God. I will seek the lost, and I will bring back the strayed, and I will bind up the injured, and I will strengthen the weak. But the fat and the strong I will destroy. I will feed them with justice. Therefore, thus says the Lord God to them, I myself will judge between the fat sheep and the lean sheep. Because you pushed with flank and shoulder and butted at all the weak animals with your horns until you scatter them far and wide, I will save my flock, and they shall no longer be ravaged, and I will judge between sheep and sheep. I will set up over them one shepherd, my servant David, and he shall feed them. He shall feed them and be their shepherd, and I, the Lord, will be their God. And my servant David shall be prince among them. I, the Lord, have spoken. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God.
A lesson from St. Paul's Epistle to the Ephesians, chapter 1, verses 15 through 23. I have heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love toward all saints. And for this reason, I do not cease to give thanks for you as I remember you in my prayers. I pray that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you a spirit of wisdom and revelation as you come to know him, so that with the eyes of your heart enlightened, you may know what is, what is the hope to which he has called you. What are the riches of his glory's inheritance among the saints? And what is the immeasurable greatness of his power for us who believe, according to the work of his great power? God put this power to work in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at the right hand in the heavenly places, far above all rule and authority and power and dominion, and above every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in the age to come. And he has put all things under his feet, has made him the head of over all things for the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Please join me in reading Psalm 100 with the antiphon. Make a joyful noise to the Lord, all the earth. Worship the Lord with gladness. Come into his presence with singing. Know that the Lord is God. It is he that made us, and we are his. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him. Bless his name. For the Lord is good. His steadfast love endures forever, and his faithfulness to all generations. Please stand as you are able for the reading of the gospel and the singing of the Gloria Patri.
The Holy Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, according to St. Matthew, chapter 25, verses 31 to 46. Glory to you, Lord. When the Son of Man comes in his glory, and all the angels with him, then he will sit on the throne of his glory. All the nations will be gathered before him, and he will separate people one from another, as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. And he will put the sheep at his right hand and the goats at the left. Then the king will say to those at his right hand, Come, you that are blessed by my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was hungry, and you gave me food. I was thirsty, and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger, and you welcomed me. I was naked, and you gave me clothing. I was sick, and you took care of me. I was in prison, and you visited me. Then the righteous will answer him, Lord, when was it that we saw you hungry and give you food, or thirsty and give you something to drink? And when was it that we saw you a stranger and welcome you, or naked and give you clothing? And when was it that we saw you sick or in prison and visited you? And the king will answer them, Truly I tell you, just as you did to one of the least of these who are members of my family, you did to me. Then he will say to those at his left hand, You that are accused, depart from me into the eternal fire, prepared for the devil and his angels. For I was hungry, and you gave me no food. I was thirsty, and you gave me nothing to drink. I was a stranger, and you did not welcome me. Naked, and you did not give me clothing. Sick in prison, and you did not visit me. Then they also will answer, Lord, when was it when we saw you hungry or thirsty or a stranger or naked or sick or in prison and did not take care of you? Then he will answer them, Truly I tell you, just as you did not do it to one of the least of these, you did not do it to me. And this will go away into eternal punishment, but the righteous into eternal life. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise, Praise to you, Lord Christ.
Please be seated. People of common faith, trust today's gospel that as the least are treated, so treated is Christ the King. How by faith one sees so with the eyes of the heart is a matter of pure mystery and of glad wonder. You could call it an angel song, an angel sign, and all the angels with him. Some years ago, we had the privilege in ministry, and ministry is privilege in full, to know such a person of faith, a native of Michigan. Those years ago, those years ago, one would not have thought or needed to say so, but today, in our divided, conflictual era of abiding humiliation, which will in all probability endure a decade in length, we would, right now, rightly add that our dear friend was all red, red to his toes, not an ounce of blue, with one tiny exception, in his perspective, when it came to government or politics or taxes. He had grown up in a small Michigan town, and it happens that so very long ago, one of his earlier pastors was later to become one of the now deceased former deans of Marsh Chapel, Boston University. In that little town, he learned to love math and love music, and on graduating from college, he had to make a hard choice between music and math. And he chose the latter, and on retirement had become the chief financial officer of a major United States corporation. The only blue he celebrated was related to a certain big Michigan football team of his liking. And he had his wisdom sayings like, what is good for the Michigoose is good for the Michigander and others of that ilk. In those years, we had launched a mission in Honduras. By the way, the missioners have preached from this pulpit in past years, too. By some quirk, our friend, more naturally inclined to music and finance, had found himself on the missions committee. It was proposed that the church send a work team the next winter to Honduras. My pastoral colleague, the next Sunday announced, next Tuesday at staff, announced that our friend was the first to volunteer. In the soup kitchen ministry that year, a group of parishioners and clients had together been reading Howard Thurman's Jesus and the Disinherited. Our friend had been reading it there. And in in and with that winter trip into the slums of Tegucigalpa, our dear friend's faithful witness acquired a missional dimension. In his full life, all red and blue aside to the contrary, notwithstanding, and now in this choice within retirement to travel and work alongside the least, there was a true reliance on the truth of today's gospel. As you have done it to the least of these, you have done it to me. In a full and a broad sense, down under the skin and right alongside the heart and the eyes of the heart, we share a conviction and a confidence 
that the measure of faith is measured in the treatment of the least, the last, and the lost. Real religion is never very far from the justice Ezekiel did prophesy would nourish, would feed the scattered flock. In Sunday worship, faithfully and without fail, week by week, and in steady personal faithfulness within friendships, partnerships, and marriages, and in the disciple determination to tithe, purposely to give away each month a substantial portion of what we earn up to a full tenth, we follow together the trail of faithfulness set before us by Ezekiel and by Ephesians and by the psalmist and preeminently by St. Matthew. You hear our choir and our volunteer communal non-audition Thurman Choir in faithful chorus this morning, for instance. You will come to know over time in the community of Marsh Chapel the multiple creative and missional engagements of our people right now in research, in medicine, in public health, in personal mission, in advocacy for the enslaved, in disaster response, in personal giving, but mainly in worship and faithfulness and tithing. Come Sunday, the ancient witnesses to faith found in our holy scriptures are meant to recall for us that we are not the first people to face unprecedented novel difficulties and challenges. We may differ to some measure red and blue about just how to lean forward into Matthew 25, But the foundational truth of the gospel here in normal season and in normal outlook is not in doubt. As you have done it to the least of these, you have done it to me. We have ample cause to meditate upon such an evangelical dominical command in a season in which our nation is fractured by flagrant inequality between rich and poor children measured directly and easily in the distribution or lack thereof of education and health care. The least among us, children, those who are hungry by the hour, who thirst by the half hour, who are naked unless clothed by others, who are imprisoned in slightness and weakness, who are the very stranger in our midst, the next generation, Mark out the edge of the least of the least. How does such an appreciation of faith finally settle upon the mind and the heart? How that autumn evening long ago in yet another church committee meeting which like the peace of God may have passed all understanding and endured forever, how did our Michigander friend become seized by a full measure of grace. Whence faith, change, heart, grace, compassion. It is the work of the ministry and the special work of the pulpit to preach Christ the King, to teach, delight, and persuade so that across the rainbow spectrum of cultural and political thought, women and men may find Faith in God, 
women and men may find faith in God. How does this happen when it happens, as it happens, if it happens at all? Our gospel today gives us a clue, a hint, a glimpse. And all the angels with him, the scripture says. The Son of Man will arrive with some help. We may quickly leave behind a literal idea of angels, but the reality they represent, the uncanny sense of presence, the inexplicable moment of revelation, the seeing by the heart, by the eyes of the heart, these angelic signs can become for you and me this season the nearness of Christ the King, and so, by grace, our footpath to faith. Faith comes by hearing. What do you hear this Lord's Day? This is your invitation to a life of faith. Do you receive, open, read, and respond to it? Or do you repost repost it, marking it off, return to sender. There is a range of life through which there radiates like morning sunlight, high and deep and piercingly real experiences. Most of this range of experience is not or not only in worship and liturgy and ecclesiastical involvement or patterned devotion. These are, of course, crucial and important but more as signposts than as the actual meadows and still waters of religious, non-religious, religious experience. There is transcendence all about us. Maybe that is why we have come together to worship this morning. What are the signposts, the clues to transcendence we should look for in our lived experience. This year we bade farewell to our esteemed colleague and beloved friend, Professor Peter Berger. Are you looking for angels? His summary still works in his book, A Rumor of Angels. You may be surprised by the clues he names, the rumors of angels he overhears. For this Lord's Day, Christ the King Sunday, we recall his five suggestive allusions to the transcendent, the angels coming with the Son of Man. Listen to them this day. Give them the credit they deserve. They are the angelic nudges drawing you to faith. First, give a little credit to your own blessed rage for order, Burger, our propensity for order is grounded in a faith or trust that ultimately reality is in order, all right, as it should be. Do you have a longing for order? Underneath, just there, is a mode of religious experience. Second, and swinging to a different spot, pause and meditate a little on your own enjoyment of play, Burger. In playing, one steps out of one time into another. When adults 
play with genuine joy, they momentarily regain the deathlessness of childhood. Third, we sense the supranatural, the transcendent, in the experience of hope. Hope does spring eternal in the human breast. Where there is life, there is hope, or better put, where there is hope, there is life. People with no regular religion at all know about hope and its absence. Berger, human existence is always oriented toward the future. We exist by constantly extending our being into the future both in consciousness and in activity. Put differently, we realize ourselves in projects. It is through hope that we overcome the difficulties of the here and now, and it is through hope that we find meaning in the face of extreme suffering. There seems to be a death-refusing hope at the very core of our humanity. While empirical reason indicates that this hope is an illusion, there is something in us that, however shamefacedly in an age of triumphant rationality, goes on saying, no, and even says no to the ever so plausible explanations of the reason. Fourth, we have a burning desire to see real justice done and also to see massive injustice called to account. It is this angel in particular and in full who sits down beside us this morning in Matthew 25. As you have done it to the least of these, you have done it to me. Berger. This refers to experiences in which our sense of what is humanly permissible is so fundamentally outraged. There are certain deeds that cry out to heaven, to a moral order that transcends the human community. Fifth, one can sense the horizon of heaven, the transcendent radiance of mystery, the supranatural or supernatural, in the simple experience of humor, perhaps the very polar opposite of the cry for retributive justice. Berger, there is one fundamental discrepancy from which all other comic discrepancies are derived, the discrepancy between man and the universe. The comic reflects the imprisonment of the human spirit in the world. Humor mocks the serious business of the world and the mighty who carry it out. Power is the final illusion, while laughter reveals the final truth. It is the Quixote's hope, rather than Sancho Panza's realism, that is ultimately vindicated, and the gestures of the clown therefore have a sacramental quality. Order, play, hope, justice, humor, religious experiences without recourse to religion. You may not be so religious, or so you think, but do you create order? Do you crave play? 
Do you desire hope? Do you long for justice? Do you enjoy humor? These are signs for us, signs of something else, something lasting and true and good and extraordinary, or as the scripture says, and all the angels with him. Sleepers, awake. Hear the good news. There is not an infinite amount of unforeseen future in which to come awake and to become alive. There does come a time when it is too late, allowing the valence of it to be as broad as the ocean and as wide as life. That is, you do not have forever to invest yourself in deep rivers of Holy Scripture, whatever they may be for you. It takes time to allow the holy to make you whole. So begin. You do not have forever to seek in the back roads of some tradition, whatever it may be for you, the corresponding hearts and minds, which and who, will give you back your own most self. It takes time to uncover others who have had the same quirky interests and fears that you do. So begin. You do not have forever to sift and think through what you think about what lasts and matters and counts and works. Honestly, who could ever complain about young adults, young people seeking careers and jobs and employment and work? Do so. They should do so. But work alone will not make you human nor allow you to become a real human being. Life is about vocation and avocation, not merely about employment and unemployment. Be careful. We're being sold a bill of goods here. Be watchful. It takes time to self-interpret that deceptively crushing verse, let your light shine before others. Let your light shine before others. So begin. You do not have forever to experience presence. It is presence, spirit, good, for which we long, for which, nay, for whom we are made. It takes time to find authentic habits of being, what makes the heart sing, the soul pray, the spirit preach. Your heart, not someone else's. Your spirit, not someone else's. Your soul, not someone else's. So begin. And begin with the least. As you have done it to the least of these, you have done it to me. For when the Son of Man comes in his glory, and all the angels with him, then he will sit on the throne of his glory, and all the nations will be gathered before him, and he will separate people one from another as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats, and he will put the sheep at his right hand and the goats at his left. Then the king will say to those at his right hand, Come, you that are blessed by my Father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was hungry, 
and you gave me food. I was thirsty, and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger, and you welcomed me. I was naked, and you gave me clothing. I was sick, and you took care of me. I was in prison, and you visited me. And all the angels with him. Come, ye thankful people, come. Come, ye disconsolate. O come, all ye faithful, come, let us adore him. The beckoning words of these familiar hymns serve as our invitation to prayer. You are welcome to follow your tradition and stand, remain seated, or kneel at the altar rail. Now let us sing together hymn 473, Lead Me, Lord. our maker we bow before you with joy and gladness thanksgiving and praise knowing that the goodness that is you you are our great God and we are your people holy is your name great is your power enduring is your love and endless is your faithfulness we give all glory and honor to you for through your perfect love you have rescued us from darkness and enabled us to share in the inheritance of the saints in the kingdom of light. We adore you and strive to live a life worthy of your love. We confess our sins and humbly ask for forgiveness, gracious God. We are thankful that the stain of sin is not permanent. Rescue us from the darkness of sin. Forgive us for harassing others. Forgive us for abusing the work of your hands. Forgive us for neglecting the needs of others. Enter our hearts, for we willingly offer them to you. We are thankful for the Holy Spirit. Rescue us from the darkness of inaction. Give us spiritual wisdom and insight so that we may grow in faith and in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Abide with us so that we may put that knowledge into action and live confidently and boldly as Christians, on guard, standing firm in the faith, courageous and strong, extending kindness and love in everything we do, and forgiving those who have sinned against us. In the midst of overwhelming indifference, vitriol, 
cruelty and violence in the world today, as a people of faith, we turn our focus to you. We pray for the citizens and leaders of this nation and around the world. We are thankful that the Lord is our shepherd. Rescue us from the darkness of indifference. Be with us and lead us and guide us, Lord. Give us eyes to see and discernment to recognize the evil around us and the evil within us. Restore our souls so that we will not be indifferent. Restore our souls so that we will stand with our sisters and brothers who have been and continue to be harassed, abused, and marginalized. Give us the voice to speak out and the courage and will to take action against it. Lord, we pray that you descend to us, cast out our sin, enter in and be born in us today so that we will stop perpetrating these acts against others. We pray for the homeless, the unemployed, the underemployed, the opioid addicted, and those who have been abused and harassed. We are thankful for the peace of your presence. Rescue us from the darkness of worry and doubt. Comfort the sick and those with broken lives and broken hearts. When we fear what lies ahead, help us to remember that you are our companion through the difficult times and that you have promised us great blessings. Help us to keep our mind focused on you, to wait for you, Lord, for you alone are our help and shield. We thank you for the privilege to carry everything to you in prayer, for we recognize that we need your help to do your will on earth. We ask these things in the name of the King of glory, Jesus Christ, whose kingdom knows no end. Amen. And now as a people of God, we pray together as our Lord Jesus Christ taught us saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Good morning. We hope you've had good food and good conversation and good rest over the last few days. 
and we're delighted to be in worship together with you this morning, whether you're here in person at 735 Commonwealth Avenue or joining us via the radio or podcast. We'd love to be able to greet you by name, and we can help us do that by filling out the red pads that are found at the center of each aisle if you're here in person, or you can email us greetings at chapel at bu.edu if you're joining us virtually. The university may be closed, but Marsh Chapel is open, so I have a few announcements for us this morning. First, next Sunday is not only our potluck Sunday, but we're also kicking off the Advent season by having a family Advent party. We invite you to bring a food dish to share. I hear rumors there will be a hot chocolate bar, crafts, um, card making, and some wonderful music to get us in the spirit. So we invite you all to join us following the service next week. We'd also like you to mark your calendars for December 8th, which will be our University Lessons and Carols service. And for December 10th, the following Sunday, um, following the service will be the Dean's Open House. Um, Last but not least, as every Sunday, we have children's education following the service. If you are interested in joining, please join Devin Harvin and Tom Batson during the last hymn as they head downstairs. And now, as the ushers come forward to wait upon us for our tithes and offerings, I invite you to participate in the Christian ritual of generosity, either by contributing as the basket is passed, by logging on to bu.edu slash chapel where there's the opportunity for online giving, or by committing or recommitting yourself in prayer and service for the building of God's reign of peace.
Almighty and ever-present God, who acts through all aspects of our life, bless these gifts and givers, we pray in the name of Jesus, your Son, through the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen. grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, the communion of the Holy Spirit abide with each one of us now and forever. Amen.